Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Sample Hour. I need to not breathe so heavy into the microphone. <laughs> now that I got headphones again, getting things rolling. I am so happy to be joined by uh, my best friend for life. We met in jail. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my best friend for life, he is a published author. Uh, he's published multiple books. He's actually an award-winning screenwriter, even though... Nothing's been made into film or been stolen from you yet. You have won awards for your screenplays. I think we should talk about that or bring that up. A small business owner um, and just my best friend, Mr. Cody Schlegel. Thank you. I was Drew. trying to really build up that. I feel like I, I'm, I'm still rusty, man. No, I remember was... the last time I had you on, I gave you a really good introduction. <laughs> and it was... But I was I was a lot I was a lot less green. That was man, dude. That was like that was in 2016. I think 15. 15? It had to be 15. Maybe even. I no, think it was it had to six. Be 15. I thought well, it was maybe, 16. No, it had to be 15 because that's when Junction would have been released. And yeah. That's what we. That's kind of the first one we did, right? Or the second one. We no, did. yeah. I I don't know if our other episodes made it out there. Like I think I I thought I put forth a lot of of the older older episodes, but we were just so green. And we were just as a podcast. We would just talk about anything. And I think the first time we did it was Wes, me, and you. And I was really into like the free man movement bullshit. <laughs> and but it was like it got me. It was like a good, you know, it was it was like a good gateway drug for me to like kind of think differently and go down that rabbit hole. And yeah, no, you guys had some fun episodes. And your introduction today was just as perfect as it oh, was the last time you. we did thank it. You. I'm very hard on myself right now because uh, I've been so rusty with this podcast because we're it's it's finally time to start doing this. It's like it's been this itch i was going to start it back in 2020 and did can i ask you a personal question cody shoot did you feel like and maybe and i don't think you did because of where you live versus where i live but did you use 2020 as an excuse to not hit any goals no i don't think so um where i was because i did so that's why but anyway i didn't mean hey let me interrupt you while you're uh what you're doing i gotta make sure these cats aren't fucking with other <laughs> stuff here all right so where you were in covid and 2020 it was how did how what was 2020 like for you things where i was in tennessee did not change much uh nobody really stopped what they were doing there might have been a shutdown here and there the schools were definitely messed up for a while they were shutdowns and they were really uh, particular about how the students were going to come back and if one person tested positive, that whole class was basically under quarantine orders. But as far as businesses are concerned, with the exception of the uh, food industry, servers wearing masks, it didn't really change all that much. There was, in fact, there were a lot of businesses where people didn't even wear masks still. But after about three, like when it got to the point where everybody was kind of looking at each other like, wow, this might be a really, really bad thing. Uh, about three days later, everybody where I was was kind of like, okay, we're let's get back to normal. Let's get back to life. I, I wish I could have said that. I think for us, there was a lot of us that were saying, hey, let's just keep going. It's going to go through. It's just, you know, kind of like the flu. You know, the flu kills people every fucking year, except for last yeah. year. And that's magically. what I mean when I say bad thing. Not, not to take away from the people that yeah. died from it, but like in terms of 
the percentages of of the population that got it versus that died like it it was definitely it seemed that it was pretty hyped up in the in the beginning stages yeah there. i was talking to somebody this morning like uh it was kind of like one of my oldest friends like I, I it was weird i moved away when i was a kid like we used to play together because we went to church together and then we were in kindergarten and then i went to she stayed in catholic school and i didn't and then i don't think i saw her we moved away and then i came back and this girl on my floor when I was in college, went to high school with her. And so we, we reconnected and then we stayed in touch while I was still living in Toledo for the most part. But she had said she lost her dad. And it and it sucks. Like I'm not trying to belittle anybody that's lost a parent. Like I it sucks losing a loved one. And but the whole point for me was like, listen, like this is you live life at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. Like it sucks to lose people. Like, you know, I've I you know, so I, I for me it was uh Mike DeWine, I, I'm saying this isn't going to be a big thing. Let's keep going. And everybody's still going out. And I'm like, awesome. It was St. Patrick's Day weekend. So it's Sunday. And I'm trying to get my orders for the week. And I was like, I'm going to hit these goals. I'm going to take my business to the next level. Like, we were we were pumping it out. And uh, then, you know, I hit up my buddy uh, who's a chef. And he goes, yeah, uh, they might be shutting things down, man. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, DeWine's doing a press conference later today so i was like fuck so i had a bad feeling so then i went to old school rest in peace one of the many businesses that we lost uh, they i didn't know that they it's hanks did, were they killed by covid yeah because it was kind of like because the guy who owns it he has like all he, he has this one chain that's the big thing but old school was like my favorite spot to go it's because it was inexpensive food inexpensive drinks it was delicious was, yeah yeah it was pretty good now it's like Hank's uh, Texas barbecue. It's not bad. Uh, so is I it, is it a Hank Hill? No, is no. It, but it okay? I, it, it's this lady with. A, I went there one time. The, going out to eat now is so fucking expensive because of food costs. Like the cost of chicken wings is four dollars a fucking pound now um, for restaurants for the most part. I was talking to one of my restaurants and they were like, "Yeah, we were." We were just taking wings off the menu. He was like, the last couple times I got wings, I was charged four bucks a pound. The guy just brought me Costco wings, which Costco wings you can get for like two ninety eight a pound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's still expensive for an item that traditionally was thrown away until we were raised with twenty five cent wing night, and then it became a thing eating chicken wings and watching sports. Yeah, but I'm rocking chicken thighs now it's a way better meat there's more it's 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 not going to be as dry and it's a dollar a pound at costco so it's it was one of those things but not to get sidelined i was talking about food here i am just talking about food no that's interesting that'll be that'll be the pivot though that people make if if the wing price is like like, all right we're gonna do this now like going out to eat like i it's just so expensive man And, and and the weird thing is is it's people are still doing it but, I mean, inflation, you can always see in the food. And I don't want to, like, dominate this conversation because that's not why you're here. But it's just good to talk to you. But, like, the the it, inflation, you're, you're we're definitely seeing in gas prices and with food. And I think a lot of it's manufactured. Um, I mean, just the the way they were shutting down. the, the like it's, it's kind of this weird thing. It's like I was brought to my attention this past year with all this shit that I thought I wanted for so fucking long. Like, I remember I was like, yeah, fuck fuck the u.s government fuck this we need to just split up into different countries blah 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 and then 2016 rolled around trump got elected and i was like this is so funny i can't believe trump got elected but 
as a business owner, I became a business owner full-time. I became a homeowner. And I had some skin in the fucking game, man. And when you get skin in the game and you start looking at life, you, you look at it completely different. It's, you know, I, I mean, you and I were from Northwest Ohio. Neither of us grew up with money. I mean, you know, now both our parents are doing better. Like my dad's doing better financially. Your dad's doing better financially. But our parents had us young. They, uh, you know, we, we grew up with tight knit families. Um, we didn't go out to eat often. We cooked mainly at home and most of our parents were like decent cooks. I'm not, I can't speak, I've never had your mom's food, but most of them didn't know how to use seasoning. And, and so like we had to learn how to cook with seasoning. And so like we grew up that way, but we grew up playing outside. We got some Nintendo, but we didn't just only play video games. We'd go outside. We would still play. We'd go catch fireflies. Um, playing ditches it was a magical time man and and i know that um obviously for us being the age that we are it's especially uh fun for us to look back at because it's just nostalgic but one thing i've heard from people of all ages even much older than us is that the era that we're all trying to get back to right now is the 90s and yeah it was there uncle was, hotep said it he was like make america great again like most people just thought yeah let's go back to the 90s yeah it was it was certain was people want to go back to like pre-sexual revolution i'm not that conservative i think i think you know women should have a right to choose i would say i'm a second wave feminist this new shit I'm not with. It's just like, it was so weird. Like, I think I was considered a liberal for so long. So I was like, yeah, like, I don't give a fuck who you fuck. I don't want to, I'm not going to tell you about my sexual encounters. I don't want to hear about fucking yours. I don't really care who you fuck. Please, yes, exercise your rights. At, at the time, I was a little bit stupid with gun laws. And that then I went to college and I quickly just kind of thought about shit. And then that lasted briefly. Um... But then it was like, you know, I want people to have civil liberties. But now, you know, you look at it's just it's it's just not that. I mean, and, and it's like the you look at the schools and it started when we were in school. I don't know if you had it, but like global warming was a to- topic of conversation. Um, not but, really. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. you're you sound fine. Like you're about to go forward with that. The one thing that I do remember, though, th- there was definitely always sort of an environmental thing going on, even on like TV programs, Sesame Street. Uh, they didn't get into global warming, but I do remember there was an episode where it showed some sort of animation where a kid had left his faucet running, and it showed that the faucet was directly connected to the ocean. And as his faucet runs for five seconds, the whole ocean drains and the fish goes belly up. So there's always been some sort of an environmental message but i don't remember global warming specifically until about when the al gore movie came out what was it the no, it's, inconvenient uh, truth yeah so i i was familiar with it and i remember i was on this uh mission trip because uh i was i was such a special teenager that i went to church without my parents and then i'd go to i went to a youth group that wasn't my, i wasn't catholic I mean, I was Catholic and I was going to this Methodist youth group because I had a crush on this hot blonde <laughs> who's not who's not like my sister. And then we talk about the and they were like it was it was when Christian rock was cool, but it was weird. There was all these kids like going to youth group and shit, but then they would still go and get fucked up on the weekends. And I didn't like I, I was a virgin till I was 21. I've said it so many times and I was this good church kid and we were on this mission trip. And I remember this guy was a college professor and he was so cool. He was such a cool guy, smart guy, uh, knew a lot about, he was a science professor. I don't remember what, but nicest dude. 
And I was trying to talk about global warming. He's like, ah, but they're all conservatives. I mean, it was like traditional conservatives. I mean, they were like kind of like the rich Republicans. And growing up, it it growing up even in you know central Ohio, which is now like, I think everybody. It's so weird the limousine liberal. It's like the the secret fucking racist who wants to put we believe in this in that and it's like what are you really going to convince somebody with your stupid fucking sign yeah oh your bumper sticker was so convincing and it's just it's 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 really you see it all around town black lives matter and it's i see more black lives matter signs in all white neighborhoods than anywhere else and you know for a fact as soon as a black person moves in they're going to be looking to sell their fucking house and they're going to get it's like this it's, it's just completely racist and it's it's offensive to me it offends me i do you have that a lot in tennessee no not really but back to what you were saying about the signs the thing too that kind of pisses you off is they're implying that we don't believe those things yeah i never said that science is real and it's just like okay is it real because you you haven't been very scientific through this whole this whole process scientism is a religion you know, I, I get it. You, you you like to worship the patron saint of Fauci and the patron saint of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, and it's it's just nonsense. I mean, theoretical science. And then, oh, climate change, all the scientists. It's like most of these scientists are anthropologists who run shitty computer programs to determine what it's going to be like. It's it's a computer program. It's not based on it. They're, they're putting in temperatures. They're gaming the system. I mean, if you just do Google third hottest or heating up the quickest you'll see so many countries that say they're heating up the fastest oh we're heating up the fastest and it's it's all fucking mind control it's all done by these don't fucking pollute yeah i'm all yeah let's not everybody can jump aboard that yeah don't don't i know i'm not taking my private jet anywhere i don't know about you no yeah i I definitely don't these people that are telling us the most bullshit about it yeah you know you don't don't shit near your drinking water uh, yeah, that's a- <laughs> I mean, you know, manage your trash responsibly. I mean, you can go on the, you can go out in the country and you can see who manages their shit responsibly. There's always those fucking ditch pigs that have all their trash. They don't burn it. So they just throw it in their fucking ditch and they're, and they're the only ones that live there. So they're responsible for it. Nobody else is going to clean up after them. And there's always at least two in each holler that I drive down in Kentucky. What's that? It, Tennessee's the same. I mean, what's the, what's the thing in Tennessee? Like, all these fucking trashy people going camp at this park near you or something. There there are a couple spots where I will say it's probably 85% clean up after themselves, but then there's 15% that just leave it just fucking wrecked. Um, leave the trash bags. Uh, it's hard to say what else, but there is, there's, there's one particular area where it's sort of like a public access and people will show up for two weeks at a time and set up little tent communities and, it, they just cut off access to anybody who wants to use that area with their with their stupid little camp. Did she say somebody put up a fake sign? They did. They they. It was a brilliant idea, and I don't. I I at first I thought it was real. I was like, holy shit! They finally did it. They put up a sign that stopped these people from camping here. And because the thing too is, there's so much public land in Tennessee, you can set up camp anywhere where you're not really in the way of people. But this is just such a. It just it's such a rude thing to take over this particular spot and cut it off from anybody else who could possibly want to use it for two weeks at a time because yeah there is there's there's a lot of places they could go camping but they do they leave it smashed up and it's um it's it's just irritating but yeah back to the sign 
somebody had drove it in the middle. There's like a, it's they drove it in the middle of the drive up. It's kind of like a, it looks like a, a downward ramp, but it's sort of a grassy meadow area, so people can back their boats into it. But at the same time, you can sort of camp on it, and it's got a little beach area. But somebody drove a big metal sign right in dead center in it, so nobody could back anything up into it, and it just said no overnight camping, and. <laughs> I don't. They, I don't think it was. There was anything ever official about it. But yeah, eventually it got removed. But for a while, people were like, "Well, shit! It looks like we can't camp here anymore." So for a brief period, it was it was quiet. But there's a church right across the street, and I have a feeling that one of those people they were they were like, "You know what? We're done with this shit. These people are here every Sunday morning making noise, playing Motley Crue." And we can't have that water congregation were, were showing up. Were churches still open in Tennessee last year? Uh, I think so for the most part. Yeah, I don't we're probably the only couple in Tennessee that doesn't go to church, so I really don't <laughs> know. But I'm thinking that they do. Yeah, it's it's weird. I miss the uh, I miss the Bible church ladies because they're harmless versus like this new shit that's not harmless. I think like the 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 annoying uh, moral majority church lady needs to come back, like because they're harmless. <laughs> they're gonna. You know, they're going to say God bless you if you tell them to fuck off or anything like that. And the the other funny thing that I've seen is like people like when you point out uh, about uh, like how these communist ideas have just kind of been pushed into um, into like our mainstream culture. I have people like talk about McCarthyism. It's like, how do you not see that? cancel cancel cultures mccarthyism oh yeah it's no the same doubt. it's the same like the carl marx even said accuse others of what you're doing yeah i mean it's like yeah i've read marx that's why i'm familiar with it i don't know why it's so weird i, I find that like so many people read books and they never really they never really digest it for themselves but they just become a fan of this new ideal like well i was trying this ideal but now I'm going to do this. And it's just like people, the way people change, uh, drastically change the world. I mean, it's mainly young people. I mean, but when you have a whole culture within, you know, our awful education system and now it's within the universities and the fact that progressivism kind of won the culture war, um, it just kind of puts us, at, I think we're, I mean, they're pushing for a civil war, but I think, you know, the, parents are going to start going to these uh fucking pta uh school board meetings and they're going to just raise hell like they've been doing and uh, people are going to keep voting down ticket republican like mike dewine's trying to save face he just outlawed uh universities and public institutions within the state of ohio from mandating an experimental any fda experiment like that dude is trying so he's such a career politician he's getting challenged by two different republicans I mean, that's nobody even I mean, because right now a Democrat has no fucking chance, especially when you don't have mail in ballots <laughs> like Democrats couldn't even win in Ohio with mail in ballots. People were so fucking pissed off and you could tell when they tried to rig it, but it just wasn't enough. I'm not I didn't follow Ohio's too closely, but I didn't follow Tennessee. This is the first year where I I, I just voted down ticket Republican yeah. and I never thought I would have fucking done that ever. If you would, I would have fist fought you if you would have told me in two, I would have. I honestly would have been so upset with you. It would have been such an effective troll for me in 2016 where I didn't vote. Then I didn't vote again the next election. And it was just like, and then this year I was like, fuck, this is out of control. I had to vote. 
Um, never gave so much a fuck about so many people that never voted went out and voted. And I've said this too much. I'm beating a dead horse. Uh, because you, you didn't normally vote either, did you? No, I was definitely not. I was very not much into the government uh, participation process, which I will say it's kind of probably a good thing because early on I I I didn't know what communism was or socialism. or yeah. I, I really couldn't even tell you really the difference between Republicans and Democrats up until I was a certain age. You know, I really still can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, no shit. But, um, yeah, it, it's... It's definitely taken an interesting turn because I feel like a lot of the things liberals were saying 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. I agree with. Are are things that conservatives are saying now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's weird. Yeah, the, the new authoritarians are on the left. It's, I mean, they're on the right, too. I mean, when you look at, like, I'll get on, I was on Telegram. I was really into following uh the election stuff and i i got so sucked fucking into it man it was it was bad i was hoping there was going to be some shit going down and they're still trying to rope people in with all these fucking uh they're going back they found all these illegal votes in georgia and it's like do you really think they're gonna fucking do anything about it come on yeah no, i'm no, surprised yeah i'm surprised it's even in the news it's not even 15, though 15 yeah, yeah it's not even i think tucker carlson's the only one that talks about it and i can't even stand watching tucker carlson man like I, people are gonna hate me for it but it He's just—he's still Fox News, man. He's still mainstream media. He's the most rated show. How can you say he's not mainstream media? He kills everybody. He even makes Yahoo's like page every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you were saying he's but uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he's on he's on Yahoo News. They have a story about him in some way, in some form or fashion, about every day. So he's definitely mainstream. He's but they have to, yeah, like because they can't they like. I, well, first of all, I really need to filter out these mental pauses and sound like a valley girl. I, I just have to call myself out for that. But they have to because mainstream media is so shitty. But now it's so weird that Silicon Valley is controlling so much or like big pharma tech pretty much. They're, so, they're, they're controlling so much on the Internet now because people only communicate on major platforms. And that, then this whole stupid cancer culture bullshit uh that certain programs on tv really are like the last bastion of truth yeah it's so fucking sad that now it's like okay i'm criticizing all these boomers on facebook that are fighting like stupid teenagers which is hilarious and even though it's 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 like how did you how have you not learned yet like how have you not learned and they just one watches fox news the others watch C cnn and msnbc and they have their same regurgitated talking points uh i'm seeing all these people thinking that biden's doing this great job because the stock market's so good because he's so good with the economy and trump was was telling people to not produce oil it's like what are you what are you fucking talking about idiot like he shut down pipelines like i have family that haven't been able to work in over a year because of joe biden's policies well not over a year but like it was already slow because of covid and then Joe Biden gets in office and what pipelines we had running, he, he shut down. We had a trade. Basically, Trump did this thing where he put sanctions on this thing called Nord Stream 2. So with the Paris Climate Accord, what happened was is like all these woke fucking globalists that are, are there. They So the new nuclear power plants that run on themselves, Germany and France both had these. But they decided that with the Paris Climate Accord, that's not green enough. Like, listen, if 
I'm still skeptical of nuclear energy. I'll say that, but people say the new nuclear stuff, they run on its own waste. I, I get it. It's an old school conservative talking point about how clean nuclear energy is. So, however, they shut all those down because of the Paris Climate Accord, but with their new green energy, couldn't meet the demands of their countries. So they were buying oil from Russia. That was their way around it. So they're still using fucking oil. And they're, they're just making these these G7 and all that stupid shit where they're all pretending to wear masks and there's photos of them not wearing fucking masks. And so Trump said, well, hey, I'm putting sanctions on that pipeline with Russia. So anybody that uses that, uh, we're, you're going to get penalized. So then he brilliantly was shipping out our fucking shale natural gas and shale oil to make them use our product. Now, do I think it's a good idea to haul that shit over an ocean? Well, yeah, it's definitely at risk to fucking break. Like, I'm not trying to say I'm behind this idea, but it was very much so in the favor of the United States of America. So I used to try to explain this shit. Sometimes I do, and then I'll call people dummies. <laughs> and they're like my mom's friends. So I really need to get off Facebook and stop trolling. Uh but that's, that's what's going on with your sample, everybody. I, I was so glad I could have Cody Schlegel on my podcast to talk about how I'm trolling on Facebook again. It's been too long since we've gotten to hang out, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's going to get to a point, though, on Facebook where trolling is not like even just that, just call people dummies is going to be done. You're going to be, I don't know, it'll, it could be somebody reporting it. Actually, it could be I, call them, I call them crazy conspiracy theorists because I'm like, oh, wait, wait, no. Trump was controlled by Russia. That's why he cut off all their income from the rest of fucking Europe. Makes complete sense. When their biggest GDP profit, the, the biggest GDP port, the, the, okay, the, the, I'm getting a little too excited. I'm talking like Boomhauer. <laughs> the, the, the most money for Russia comes from their oil production. It's just like Canada. Like, it's, that's the funniest shit about Canada. Like, they're Trudeau, the fucking great uh, fascist Justin Trudeau, is putting everybody in fucking concentration camps that leaves the country and comes back. But, no, no, no. We want to go to Canada where they don't shut everything down. I mean, it's it's just like all this shit's so crazy. Like I was I was getting into it about I thought I wanted all these things. And then so when we go back, circle back to this meat, it's it's, you know, as a small meat producer, like I want I want more people to support local. But that doesn't mean you know, I want to put the big boys out of business. And they're all doing it to support this clean plant-based meat that's made in a factory. Yeah, guys, it's made in a factory. It must be good for you. Yeah, that's frightening, really. So much better than factory farming <laughs> is because it's made in a real factory. <laughs> yeah, I, I've i had plant-based burgers and whatnot that I don't hate, but the idea of that just completely taking over is not something I wish to... It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not it's, something I wish to see. So let's get into why you're actually on the show now that we're 30 minutes into the sample <laughs> hour. So the last time I had you on, you had just published one of my favorite books. And I, I we, originally, we would hang out and you'd be writing and I'd be a supportive friend. And he'd be like, uh, hey, or you should read this. And I never would. And then one day, I don't even think he realizes, but you said, I'm excited because I'm finally going to get some good criticism back from people. And it was oh, it, it yeah. was just some like passing in conversation, and I was like, you know what, Cody listens to my podcast and gives me feedback. What kind of a piece of shit friend am I to not read his books? 
So from that point forward, though, I started just reading all your books. And the first one you'd published, and I'd read some of your scripts. I, I enjoyed your scripts. But originally when I met you, you were mainly a screenwriter. And I think we covered this in the last show, but it's, it's, it was a long time ago. So it, people would have to go back and listen. Uh, but originally you were a screenwriter. Yes. And I th- think you, you wrote, you were mainly right. You had a bunch of different ones. You had some sports ones. Um, you've won how many awards for your screenwriting? Oh, I don't know. I want to say, one, I think six, no, five total. That sounds about right. Hang on. I'm not trying to seem like I am some uh, great award winner because these awards are really. I mean, you are, submit them. You pay I don't, to submit them. I don't, then, I don't yeah. want to shit on the awards themselves or the accompanies, but they're, these are kind of throwaway but awards. It's something they're you not, do to try to get somebody to pick up your script. just yeah just a little yeah. notoriety just to know that you're on sort of the right track with this particular story you get a lot of good feedback but the first one i ever won was uh called script vamp it was for a pilot that i wrote called ohio uh, it was set in columbus ohio it was about four kids uh, roughly college age they were just pot dealers and it was kind of had sort of an entourage feel to it where it was just their everyday life their everyday drama it was kind of soapy but fun college you know and then the next thing that I wrote that consumed a pretty good chunk of time was uh, called The 100-Yard War. I wrote two different versions of this. I wrote a screenplay and I wrote it as a TV pilot. But this chronicled the rivalry between famed Ohio State coach Woody Hayes and his rival Bo Schembechler, former pupil. It sort of uh, chronicled their whole relationship together from the time Woody Hayes was Bo Schembechler's coach in Miami, I believe it was, up to the point where they were bitter rivals, one at Ohio State and the other at Michigan. And it's it was set against the backdrop of the 60s, which there was a lot of, it was almost kind of had a Forrest Gump feel to it where there was constantly this happening in the background and then this tie into this. So a lot of, a lot of connection to the Vietnam Woody Hayes was actually a personal friend of Richard Nixon, so he kind of comes into play at some point in time. But that one got me invited to the All Sports Los Angeles Film Festival in 2013 or 14. I can't remember which. I think it was it was after we met each other. Because I remember okay. you went out to L.A., so it was uh, we met May of 2013. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it had we, to be. It had to be 2013 because I think because you went in yeah. fall of 2013. Okay, yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Because you and your cousin went, and I remember I was broke and I didn't have a license, and we were talking like, "Yeah, it would have been fun if you could have came." I was like, "Sure, would have." Damn, I wish I had some money. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it, and all you really, yeah, it was it was fun because when we weren't involved with that, we were basically watching football at the Airbnb that we stayed at, and it was we just we drank a bunch of beer and by the time the trip was over with we had like two bags of beer cans just between the two of us and <laughs> that's what you do in your 20s yeah oh yeah it was a blast but yeah all we did was watch football and we did do some other stuff but there wasn't met a whole lot to do in that former uh you met former uh uh podcast guest dave Django. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Understood, the that's right story. and i love that movie so that's that is definitely one good thing to take away from that whole uh experience because it, it was it was fun but there wasn't really much to it. I mean, I didn't. Nothing really came I, out. I of I watched that, two but. documentaries from that sports thing, and and you still can't buy Misunderstood. I'm no. not sure and why. It's so good. It's such yeah. a good movie. Yeah. And then the uh, um, and that was that was. Hold on one second. My cat's being a fucking <laughs> asshole trying to get in my fucking record player. Um, and so it was. Uh, 
I'm going to shut this real quick. We were we were we were jamming out some Waylon Jennings before we started yes, this yes, show. Yes, indeed. Um, it, the other one was the LeBron James one. It was about when LeBron James left the first time, and I and I actually bought it on Vimeo for like five bucks. And it was about the economic effects of LeBron James. So Ohio actually had this huge kind of like presence in this LA uh, uh, awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sports awards uh, thing. Definitely. And so you you got back from that. When did you start? Because this originally was a screenplay. I remember when you were writing it, you had this whole idea. You knew what song you wanted to play at the end of each scene. It was. I remember you were going to play uh, Magic Carpet Ride at one point um, for for this for Odyssey Tale. Oh um, yeah. So when did you write this screenplay originally? For Odyssey Tale or for Odyssey Tale? Okay, Odyssey Tale. I want to say the screenplay came out. 2014 we'll say and when i say came out it means i I wrote it um it was the early versions were not great but i was really excited about the story i thought i really had something cool i knew that the idea was there but my execution would not be great but you'd never really written fantasy either no no and i'd never written for kids everything that i had done up to that point was definitely r-rated uh particularly with the language i said everything in a pretty adult world and this was the first time I was doing something for kids. And I, I know I've told you this before, but if it, while I was trying to do the project for kids, it ended up feeling at the end like it was written by a little kid and it just didn't deliver. And I, there, it, I, don't, I don't hate it for me, but I would never expect anybody else to like it. Just, I, I mean, I, I read it and it was, I mean, I remember I, I, I got it on Kindle. I actually think I still have the original version on Kindle. So what made you though want to go from a screenplay to writing a book? Just felt that it was a better way to get the medium out there. The screen the screenwriting world is 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 a very difficult nut to crack. Not to say that writing books is not, but I f- I feel that there's a lot of different avenues that you can you can get you can get your book out there a lot to more people than you can your screenplay essentially is what the, what it boils down to yeah because ultimately you want people to read your stuff yeah yeah and even if you do give your screenplay to a thousand different people you have to expect that they know how to read a screenplay because it's a different process and so you know it's it's not exactly difficult but if you don't know the technical specs of a screenplay and you don't have a, a little bit of imagination to throw at it it can be kind of vague when you're reading it versus a book that's you know usually very descriptive and can really paint a picture for you. Whereas a screenplay doesn't necessarily do that. So, yeah, I remember reading, uh, I remember reading, reading the original version on the, uh, of the book. I'd be at work. Um, usually it was either on my lunch break and I, and I read it pretty quick. Like it was really easy to read. And I remember my just criticisms was like, it just seemed like it did. It did feel like it was written by a kid, but it was like an advanced child. Like yeah. It wasn't like yeah. it was yeah, like I'll a very <laughs> a very advanced child, but it was also so the the premise that's, of that's the, what I am now still so same same and the, the presence the, the not the presence the the concept of the book is it's a mix here I'll let you say it. so what exactly just so I don't step on it because I don't want to give away too much this this is the I have the elevator pitch pretty down but it's classic fairy tales collide with Greek mythology in a gritty retelling of Homer's epic so it's it sets Homer's Odyssey against the backdrop of once upon a time where major roles in Homer's Odyssey are taken over by fairy tale characters such as uh, genie from the uh, Arabian Night stories. Pinocchio, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys from the original Peter and Wendy, 
just a bunch of different fairy tales come together and while the tale of Homer's Odyssey plays out, which is essentially about a man trying to reunite with his wife and son after years of imprisonment. He's trying to get back to his kingdom and reclaim his castle. And most people in his kingdom believe he's dead, but he has to work and fight to get back. And there's just a lot of fun and a lot of nostalgia along the way. And the version that I'm t- that we're talking about right now is actually the third version that's, had, that's been written. That first version that we talked about where it was for, call it little kids, and then I and then I kind of revamped it, and I, I we'll call it the PG version, where it's sort of for bigger kids. And then eventually I, I did what is probably the best for my talent to write it as for adults, and kind of set it more of an adult world, and just bring it up to. I, I enjoyed to it. That. I enjoyed it. I uh, I got to read a uh, the pre. I, I'm cool. I got to read the, the book before it's finally published try to give you ideas and i was happy the editor came through with uh something that i had said and that <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna take full credit i the original the narrator was uh, was a character in the story and i said i don't know there's i can't tell you why i don't like it but i don't like it and i really couldn't give you a good reason i just said it, it just feels off yeah. and then the editor came through and actually gave you like a good reason yeah like of what i wanted to say but i just was like I can't tell you why I don't like it. I just don't feel like it fits right. There's yeah. something off about it. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm always pretty good about taking criticisms, especially if I recognize them as better ones than I had before. Uh, there wasn't anything huge in Junction, but there were a couple times where they were like, what if this happened? What if that happened? And I thought, oh, wow, that, we could do that. And so you never want to throw away suggestions. You always want to welcome criticism because it might put you in a better spot than you were before. And oftentimes it is whether or not you reject it or keep it. But in that particular instance, there, there were, yeah, anytime more than one person says the same thing, you definitely want to reevaluate your thoughts on it. And when you came to me, you said that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, what, what's your reason? And you said, I really don't know. But, and, I, and like, just like you said, yeah. I was like, all right, fuck off, Drew, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, I'll but get it's back like, to I didn't, you on I didn't, that. I didn't really have anything. <laughs> I didn't have any recommendations. Well, what, and and it, it was different when we had the – because I had said something to you about Junction, too. I was like, I don't know. The, 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 the narrator seems too involved. Yeah. And it's just too weird. And I was like I, – I said – I think it should be told from like a, a Shinigami perspective. Was this what you said about Odyssey Tale or Junction? No, Junction. Okay, okay. Junction. Yeah, and and, and then there's you, nobody specific that Junction is, so we could we could you, sort of agree on that. Like that can be that. Yeah, and you thought about it, and you're like, no, actually, I do like that. Yeah. And it was and it was just something, and 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 it wasn't to what I said. But it was like, no, like a Shinigami to me, like kind of from Death Note, like somebody that's watching. And it's kind of a little bit sadistic yeah. and enjoying bad things happening to certain people. Yeah. Maybe not even enjoying, but someone who just doesn't give a shit. It means yeah. zilch to them to yeah. see all this mayhem ensue. But as far as Odyssey Tale, yeah, the, the the editor came back and said, all right, this is what I think. And it was. It was exactly what you said, whereas you didn't think that this particular character should be the narrator. And what he said was that she's too involved. She seems to know too much. She seems yeah. to know a lot of things that she shouldn't based on some of the details that are given. And one of the reasons that I had her in as the narrator was to make sure she was really involved from the start and to kind of give her more involvement in the story. But eventually, just very subtle tiny changes here and there uh, and I was able to eliminate it but once I heard that it, that didn't really bother me so much like I don't yeah. care that she knows that much 
But if it's going to be a distraction for the readers and more than one person is in a small sample group, yeah. uh, no pun intended, yeah. is bringing it up, then maybe because I should Because she's kind of a piece of shit character. <laughs> and her being the narrator was the only likable thing about her. And I think, and I didn't, and I couldn't, but I, I again, I couldn't put that to words. And you and I talked that out afterward. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. There's certain scenes that really kind of stand out. There's some scenes that like are just like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't see what, that happening. What are some favorite scenes? And if you don't, if I don't want you to say it, you can always go back I, and bleep it out. There's just certain like character deaths. Okay. Um, okay. I think the history of the character that takes on the siren. Um, that history was kind of dark and then ultimately what happens to her, uh, like that character that was talking about the Calypso queen. Yeah. Yeah. I was making sure I was making sure. Yeah. The Calypso queen. And then I think too, just the, the way you had, I don't know. I think it's all told that the death of certain, um, heroes, I guess I don't want to say they're heroes, but like faces, uh, like more pro wrestling talk that was kind of, I wouldn't see that coming. And it, it really does build like some character and then certain history of different characters and how you kind of tie the whole story together and different timelines. It's kind of fun. It's it's the way they, they try to do it. And um, uh, like when they take stuff to TV and they try to make it original, but it, it kind of, they don't always execute. But I felt like you executed like just adjusting what would what would the what are the timelines on these public domain characters and you created your own timeline. You create and you tie it together nicely. Thank um, you. So and so the the book has been published. So people, there'll be a link in the show notes for the book. But more exciting, um, you got an audio book coming out on Audible. Yes, this is big time for me. I've never had an Audible book out before, but Odyssey Tale will be available and, on Audible. And based on depending on when this podcast is released, it probably already is. So. Yeah, we talked about doing this for Junction, and I remember uh, me and Terrible B-Hop were going to potentially... Thank God it didn't happen. I mean, it sounded cool to do, but I've done... I With Brandon, I tried doing some like voice acting for him, and I was so fucking shitty was at Brandon it. not satisfied? Oh, man, Brandon was not satisfied. And it wasn't... It wasn't, it, uh, it wasn't even the fact that... It was just... It, it, he was trying to get an idea of how something would go, but I was so bad that I couldn't even... Can you talk about what it was? Yeah, it was for this other channel that he has that it, he's not necessarily... T- even though it's the same account, like I think Google, because of his Amy Schumer video, shut down like this new channel. And it was it was basically a video just kind of like saying how um, this certain person's overrated. Okay. And he doesn't want to be tied to the to, to the video like publicly, so I, I don't I can't really like. Yeah, say no. Which you one it can, is. Even if you need to go back and bleep this entire. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Fine. So I, I was trying to do some voice work to help him out. Now I did do like some uh, certain characters. I guess I did do an okay job with. I think it was he was sitting there with me, and I needed direction from him, and we just weren't vibing. He was looking for something, and I didn't feel like he wanted me to to say things a certain way, and then he just realized what he really wanted. Wouldn't even involve a voice actor, but I think it's it, you know the sound quality and stuff. I, I think it, I think it was better the way you did it. Um, so what is it? So you're an author. Let's say you, you, there's plenty of ways to get stuff published. There's a lot of people making money with selling Kindle books and and publishing their own stuff and just kind of getting a cult following. They're o- building their own kind of cult following. What uh, what is the process like? Because we talked about publishing your own book on the last episode. So what what is the process like to actually make 
your own audiobook? Uh, well, first, you're, I, I don't know how everybody else does it because this was kind of indie, or this I should say this is indie, but my first part was getting the narrator. I knew that I wanted to do the audiobook for this. Uh, I want to do an audiobook for Junction, and I still plan to, but I want the second Junction to be written and released before we do that because I want the same dude to do both. Yeah. And I don't want to get into a situation where it's like, all right, let's do this one, and then I'll have you do this one. Like, I want to do it front to back, top to bottom, all at once. But are you Odyssey still playing on? Are you doing characters in Odyssey uh, too? No. After this one, uh, I think I'm just going to have him do it all. I think the character thing, I didn't re I mean, I, sh I should have known just the at the amount of editing that it would take because of certain dialogue. But it would be an absolute nightmare, absolute pain in the ass to do that, and it would it would be go well above and beyond the budget that I'm willing to put into an audiobook for either Junction One or Two. Yeah, I, I I'd looked at like I've listened to books where like authors take turns reading the parts they wrote if it's written by multiple people, and I think it always fucking sucks. I guess some people like it, but I don't because it doesn't. They'll like have this kind of like chipper fucking thing versus yeah. like a narrator, somebody just reading the book it's it's actually like there's something more calming and it pulls you into it more like i don't i do like some old school radio programming like right but that's not i don't really want that with an audio i think that's something else that's like tele yeah, like, yeah, yeah radio plays are different than audiobooks yeah and i think it's such a new now it's becoming so popular since people don't read books anymore right that they're i don't think that's gonna stick around it could. I don't. I mean, I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. But for so, the case of the audio book, though, too, like you said, it, it does. It draws you in more. It, it, it's if you're being told a story, a good story by a good storyteller, you don't need a bunch of different voices to come in because it is. It's a book. It's not a telenovel or teleplay or whatever the hell they call them. But it's. It is. It's. It is. I. I agree with you, especially after this project and the girl that did it. She absolutely crushed the voices. I didn't need anybody else to come in and do any voices. She. She drilled it. And even if the other dude that I have in mind for the Junction books, I don't need him to really stray too much to do character voices. He can use his voice. Like it's. It's not so, going to mean much to me if he changes his voice much for it. And the process of looking for the Odyssey Tale person, did you find the person for who you wanted for Junction, or did you did you have that separate for... No, um, the Junction guy I've been talking to for years now, and I'm sure he rolls his eyes every time we cross paths because it's been so long since I've brought this shit up, but he he he's probably still interested. I'm sure he would do it, and he... When, I don't I don't know how other authors are, and I'm probably going to sound like a fucking lunatic if I'm the only one here. But when you're when you're writing a project like this, you tend to hear the narrator, you know. And, and maybe it's maybe it's the author themselves. But for me, for Junction, I had a I heard a very distinct voice reading it to me. I, and same for Odyssey Tale, and that's what I was kind of seeking when I was looking for the. Uh, the, the narrator, the actual narrator, you know, do you sound like the voice that's reading this to me when I read it? And, uh, and I've definitely found the people, uh, but the guy, um, is, I'm definitely excited about, but the girl that did this was excellent. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there. What was no, the original? No, you're fine. You're fine. I was, I was to make? no, no, no. You, you answered it. I, I said, did you find him in the process? Oh no, sorry. He, he, I found him a lot earlier. I found him. I, knew that he was i wanted him since roughly before junction was probably even released i knew that he was the guy that i wanted to hear it and maybe and and maybe it was maybe it was after i heard him that i started hearing him read junction to me but hmm. so what what was it like to find a narrator that was a fun process the for the odyssey tale i actually put out auditions 
uh, there's an, a website called ACX, which is essentially for anybody who does indie books on Amazon. There's a website called KDP where you can upload your manuscript and you can release your book on Kindle. Or if you have the proper formats and images, you can release your book on paperback. And for the Audible version of the indie program, it's ACX. So you can actually look on there and put hold auditions for their pre-approved authors, their pre-approved producers, and say what you want, what your project is, what your budget is, and people will start auditioning. And I got a lot of great auditions. And you tell them specifically what you want. In this case, I, I and I know I said I had a specific voice reading to me, but I was willing to go with either a female voice that had either a British accent, an Australian accent, or a Greek accent. Like, And I wanted a legit accent. I didn't want an American actress doing a fake voice. Uh, and so that's what I kind of put out and I got a bunch of great auditions, but none of them that I went with were on the ACX site. The girl that I liked the most was one that I found on Fiverr and she just was perfect right out the gate. She had everything I was looking for and it was, it was epic and we worked it out and we got it all priced out and she delivered. It took her a while to do it and I won't get into that, but she delivered a beautiful project and she could bring a McDonald's menu to life. It is just, there are certain parts of it that are just so much better because it's her reading it. And there are parts like that. I'm, I might not love as much as I do in my own head, but there are parts that she just brings out that are just dazzling. Like it's her, her presentation is beautiful and I didn't have to direct her on any of it. She, she knew what she was doing. She provided the perfect voices for different characters and it just turned out to be awesome. So I'm excited for people to hear it. That's super cool, man. And then, so what's the next step? So you get her to record it and then she, so she, she records it on her own then sends it to you. And then what happens? Yep. She records it and we had it worked out pretty early on, but I guess I'm glad that we worked it out early because I didn't realize how important it was, but the rights, like the actual commercial rights for, her voice like that's when she records it that's her shit now it's it might be my book but it's her presentation so she owns it and we worked that out but um that was that was a, just a quick thing and luckily it was one of those things where i got worried late in the game but luckily i had kind of stumbled ass backwards into already covering that step and it was that was all set but that's something you want to definitely work out for sure in case you get into any and I don't, i'm not worried about that with her i wouldn't be worried about that with her but if you get into some sort of pissing match with your narrator that might be something to consider like wrap those rights up early but um after she recorded everything she sent it over kind of edited chapter by chapter there were she sent me pretty edited uh files but they did there were a couple times where they did need to be reworked and there needed to be some things one of the funniest ones i think uh there's a mention of cherokee country down uh, it's in one of the chapters talking about the lost boys and she when she when i was listening to her recording for the first time and and i don't know what what uh kind of how they talk about american indians over in the uk or if it's even a subject in school but she referred to cherokee as cherokee cherokee yeah I forgot about so, cherokee. yeah i thought oh did I'm you gonna... have to correct her no i actually was able to have the master guy kind of cut it and it sounded good enough where she actually i she did re-record it but i don't know that it, we actually ended up using the re-recording because i think that the guy that mastered it was able to just cut it and make it sound like she said cherokee i forgot about cherokee 
I thought I forgot about Sharioki. That but, was so uh, funny. Yeah, but so that I got a kick out of that. But it was usually just little things like that. Um, there were times where she, there would be a line that she repeated because she said something wrong once, and then she would start over. But the guy that had it mastered, the guy mastered it. I mean, anytime I would send him a file, I would have it about. So you had a different later. person mastering it? Yeah. Was that part of the um was that somebody else you had to pay? Yes. And I also found him on Fiverr. And there's there's for this ACX stuff, if like if you're trying to do your own audiobook, there are people out there on Fiverr who specifically do this. And my, he, my buddy Brett Vinat does it. I didn't even think about that. I, I don't know what his workload's like, but he he really likes editing. Yeah, no, it was this guy that did it, he was great. And anytime I'd send him a file he would send it back to me and he would say, Hey, the edits are smooth. This is, this is up to ACX standards, which they have pretty distinct standards. And that's why he needed to master it. Um, there, I don't, I, the terminology is beyond me. I don't know what any of it means, but they have very distinct decibel levels and micro gigahertz or whatever the fuck it is. And it's, he's the guy that kind of runs it through whatever filters he needs to, to get it done. But when he makes edits, he's like, yeah, these edits cleaned up nicely because there were times where he would have to move a word here and flip flop this with that. And, and he said, yeah, this sounds smooth. And there would, if it didn't sound smooth to him, he would be like, check this out. And, and if I check that out, even then it still sounded pretty good. Like it, there wasn't anything noticeable that would stop me from from whoa like wait a minute that part was weird so he was very he's very good at what he does and he was pretty he's his attention to detail was appreciated so but yeah he mastered it and then as he would send me each track i would upload them directly onto the acx website and the artwork was already on there and then they you, I, the chapter titles they have you kind of draw up the outline and you set up the chapter numbers and the titles and then you upload each chapter one at a time and it, you also have to upload opening credits, closing credits, and a retail sample that's under five minutes. So for people to sample it, if they determine if yeah. they want to buy it or not. Yeah. Are you going to release it? Is it going to be exclusively on Audible, or are you going to try to sell it anywhere else? The way I have it set up, it doesn't have to be exclusively on Audible. I can do whatever I want with it. There are there are royalty programs on ACX where it is limited to audible and that's the only outlet you have luckily i that's not my deal um it'll it will be probably mostly on audible but i do have the rights to do whatever i want with it i was actually thinking eventually down the road putting it on spotify maybe and um maybe itunes i i really don't know how that how, the, I, the could, itunes i'm not could, sure i, I have like an rss feed okay and so you could put it to sell it i have so junction on there as an ebook on itunes but i've never i've never put any audio on there so i'm not really sure but right now i'm only worried about it being on audible but yeah it could i i actually looked into putting it on cds too because where i'm at in tennessee i think i can sling some cds with this thing on it but she get it put on vinyl uh, oh too. that'd be awesome but um i probably will actually put the soundtrack on it my wife did that for the junction book anytime there was like a song that was in this in the uh book she made a a playlist and put it and eventually put it on vinyl but that's odyssey awesome. odyssey tale doesn't mention any songs by name but i definitely have a spotify playlist that i could pair this track well with i remember from the script originally like magic carpet ride was one of yeah was that was that was actually the very final end. song yeah. yeah that was like the closing credits which because it was so it's so out of place it's what a 1960s or 70s song at the end of this this sort of medieval timepiece. but the way that it comes together is is the perfect drop for that for that uh song but in the screenplay yeah for i should say that movie well, awesome, man. Well, so if people want to, we're we're almost at an hour. 
All right. That went well. Yeah. Nice and tight. Uh, so if people want to um, purchase this book, there'll be links in the show notes. One more thing. How do you plan on marketing this site? This So far, what I've done already is I've uh, gotten involved with some of the Amazon marketing things. There are sponsored ads that you can do on Amazon. I've got some Google ads out there. And I've kind of played with the copy, looked at what's I've, I've, that's been a huge thing is making sure the sales copy has been it, it, gripping enough to grab people and, and make them buy. And that's undergone some changes since its release in October of last year. And right now I'm really happy with the sales copy and the people that it's bringing in. And right now, um, reviews are starting to come in. So I'm hoping I get a little bit of word of mouth, but there will also, there will also be some advertisements on a, uh, conservative based, uh, news website. Uh, I don't want to get into that right this second because it hasn't taken off yet and it's not on there yet. But, um, yeah, I definitely trying to get it out there as much as I can. And it's, it's not, it's an apolitical book. I don't think there's anything political about it, but it's definitely, I think a suitable, I should say, I know a suitable, option for people who are tired of woke ideology taking over their entertainment because it yeah, seems to be everywhere. You don't now. write anything that's woke. I just want to say anybody that read uh anybody that read Junction and was a fan, I mean there's there's definitely pro- a lot of profanity in both books. Uh, but it, it's not out of taste. You no, know what I mean? yeah. It's, it's tasteful. It's it's what you'd expect the character to say. Yeah, the, and, yeah. Odyssey. The, you're talking about Odyssey Tale, right? Junction. Yeah. Can get, Junction can get kind Junction, of vulgar. <laughs> well, Junction's vulgar, but I mean, it's still appropriate. I mean, you were writing about a specific group of people. Oh from yeah. A specific yeah, yeah, place yeah. In there's America. nothing. There's yeah. There's nothing. That's how those people talk. Yeah. What's funny too is you can tell now that Odyssey Tale has been out. People that finish it will move on to Junction. I can kind of see where. Yeah. I can kind of see where that happens. And is, there's been reviews where somebody will like Odyssey Tale, move on to Junction, and then just absolutely hate Junction. So <laughs> I don't know how you can hate <laughs> Junction, but I guess if you don't like crime books and a lot of profanity, and I mean Junction, it's not necessarily. It's just I, gritty. It's, it's gritty. gritty. It's yeah, just a gritty. Yeah, it's, it's not a, like a feel good story. No, no, <laughs> so don't. That's ex- what makes it great, though. There's even kind of a warning. There's a disclaimer at the beginning. If you're looking for a fairy tale, you won't find it here, which is. It's great. You know, this fucking microphone, this cable, <laughs> it keeps going out. Uh, it's great because of that, because of that reason, I think. And and I actually, I think it's funny that you did that because I think you were, well, you'd actually previously wrote Odyssey Tale. Yes. So, so, it, but it, so it works either it, way. It all came full circle because there was a, a previous version of Odyssey Tale and then there, this current one. But this current one, I'm very happy with um, the reviews that are coming in. It's been a very small group so far it's uh but i should i like to say that it's testing well so far i i really enjoyed it i think i preferred junction just because the grittiness of it i'm looking forward to junction two and your other books uh that i know you have in the pipeline um hopefully i'll get my act together and be able to contribute with one story unlike the last time when i just smoked too much weed and sat (laughs) like an idiot junction uh that was nasty balls that's a project that i don't if hopefully we can get that on screen, I I, w- I would make that a book, but I think that that belongs on the screen. But the next Junction will be coming soon, and I think a lot of people, particularly the ones that really enjoyed Junction, are are definitely highly anticipating the the next installment in that story. Yeah, I got teased with the first few chapters. Um, yeah, 
And then you just stopped writing it, and you moved, and I, then you started writing Odyssey yeah, Tales. Yeah, for some reason, I, I had the Odyssey Tales has just been a bug, man. Like when I, I when think because you were never happy with when it. When I first and you knew you did could it, make it great, I was absolutely obsessed with the story of the Odyssey, and I thought that I had the concept. I was like, this is I blew my own the top off my own head. I was like, this is so fucking brilliant. If I can get other people to understand, I'm going to sound arrogant as fuck. But I at the time, I really was like. The concept is is so awesome. I need you guys to get on board with this. And I told everybody about it, and every single one of them looked at me like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, great story, Cody. I, I thought it was good. I I enjoyed it. I like I said, I thought you know I already said what I thought. But um, so is there a website too for people to go to if they're too lazy to click in the show notes? OdysseyTale.com. And you can get both Junction and Odyssey Tale from there. You can get that. That'll take you right to Odyssey Tales uh, page if you want Junction go to junctionbook.com and they both will lead you to Amazon's page, but junctionbook.com for junction odysseytail.com for odyssey tale and odyssey tale will be available on hardback paperback Kindle and audible and junction will be available on hardback paperback and ebook. And once the second one is written and released, I hope to have the audibles out together, uh, very soon after because, uh, Junction two, it's the title of it's going to be the next junction or next junction. I haven't decided if I'm going to keep the the or not, but it's going to be a lot of fun for anybody who enjoyed junction. It's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. The story, the story is going to be times 10. It's, it's going to be bigger, more explosions. And it's going to be, I think there's something familiar about Junction for a lot of people who read crime books and crime noir. Like there, there are definitely some familiar fa- uh, aspects, but I think Junction Two is definitely going to be a very surprising sort of twist on your traditional crime novel. And I think there's going to be some things in there that are that are pretty new and pretty fresh. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I'm excited about it. Uh, if people want to contact you or reach out to you, is there? A- you have you don't really have social media. No, I don't do social media. <laughs> if you want to contact me, I'm sure you could find a way to do it uh, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But find Cody on yeah. LinkedIn. He's Cody Schlegel. Listen, he's a small business owner too. We didn't even really get into it. Uh, he does this. This is his side. This is his creative outlet. Yes. So yes, and. And also, too, you're soon to be a father, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank I wanted you. to talk more about that, but we're – hey, man, I, I'm glad we got to focus on the book. Yeah, um, it's been it's been a pleasure, man. I'm glad we got to do this because we've been talking about it for a very long we time. We have, and I was, so, I was so rusty. I failed the first one, and uh, we tried doing this back in April, and I just was not in the headspace for it, and we still had a good time. It was it was our podcast who will never release. Yeah. <laughs> We've actually done like three of those for yeah. anybody that's what happened was we were both we, we had both not done one in a very long time and it was kinda like oh it was awkward. It's like oh here we didn't I, get warmed can up. My, can I put my hand there? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get warmed up until like an hour yeah. into it. We, and then and it, we started well, we started pounding whiskey and we to grease the wheels and eventually the fucking wheels just came right <laughs> yeah, off. And we, so we made it like ten minutes of a good show. <laughs> It was yeah. It got out of hand fast. It was the it was the tale of two halves. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was it was fun. And then the uh, but yeah. So well, Cody, thanks for coming out. Everybody, check out the link in the show notes. There's also some affiliate links down there. Check it out. Uh, as as you'll be aware, I've been on a nice little weight loss journey. So if you guys want to learn that how, there'll be an affiliate link in the show notes. Support the show. 
uh, become a patron or click on the donate button for PayPal. But before you give me money, go ahead and buy Cody's books. So, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to bringing you another episode soon.